It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And this episode is called Whiteout Freakout. And I've done some research, have some spreadsheets, did some V-lookups, and I'm going to present my findings. Is it going to be a boring spreadsheet podcast? No, it's not. Um, there's not an awful lot doing. It's the off season. Um, it's... Yeah, it's a vapid expanse of nothing. So I'm here on my own. It's a really quick podcast because, again, the machinery are in play and we're gearing up to kick some ass when it comes to this draft stuff. Uh, so preliminarily, which is fun to say, a uh, bit of a mouthful, uh, I'm going to just go through some of the whiteout stuff and some of the, I don't know, tropes, misnomers out there. Anybody who's interested, and uh, probably nobody, uh, how's my reading journey going? Is So I'm trying to read uh, a book a week, and I'm kicking ass at it, and what did I do? Got too overconfident, so I read Michael Palin, which was short, because I needed a short week uh, after Hitch 22, and then I dived into uh, Bill Bryson, which is the history of the private life. Fascinating stuff, definitely something that I'd read. Um, twice although there's so many books that I have on my shelf you know the Japanese have a word for it when you just keep on buying books and you kind of sort of half hours read loads of them so I tried to put that to waste so now like an arse I decided to try uh, Don Quixote by Miguel Cervantes and it's 990 pages so needless to say I'm going to be coming on the podcast next week probably with the boys and saying how much of a failure I am pretty weird book um at the minute i don't know how many i'm like you know a tenth of the way through already and has an irishman have to watch my ths and uh yeah it's pretty pretty weird book i'm hoping it's gonna get good anyway anybody else read it don quixote hit me up so a few more interviews that were released on packers.com i'm not gonna uh translate them like I did last week. And as well as that, hello to all the new listeners. Dear Jesus, it's the off season, but we've actually doubled and literally almost doubled the listenership. Um, so welcome. And hopefully you haven't, you know, got this far and went, what is this lark? And then decided to delete it from your podcast stuff. But we're on iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, if you're interested. And of course, ukpackers.co.uk, there's a podcast page. You can go up and get the latest podcast and don't miss one. Subscribe. Um, it's a it's a bit of a laugh, a bit of crack, as we say here in Ireland. C-R-A-I-C, um, and not the other one. That stuff only gets you into trouble. So there's not a whole lot doing the rounds. Brian Gutekunst came out, Gutekunst, and said that we would take a quarterback if one felt it was in the draft. And of course let overreaction now peter says it on the podcast all the time it's not unusual for the packers to be taking quarterbacks yes we haven't really in the last while but you know he alludes to when we drafted aaron Rodgers. you know we drafted another quarterback and going back in the history of green bay between good quarterback play we've already had uh, a couple of quarterbacks coming in and churning about behind now is that noteworthy no is it the offseason yep uh, and why does a quarterback make sense um, makes sense because we've historically kind of always did it. It's always good to get a quarterback in and develop him and trade him off. 
didn't work with Hundley, might have worked with Hundley had people not actually seen him play outside the preseason. And it might have worked. And we could have, you know, because Mike McCarthy used to speak so highly of him. Uh, it didn't pan out. Went to the Seahawks anyway. Also, it's good cover for an injured A-Rod. There's all this talk about Josh Rosen um, and also if a quarterback fell to us in the thing. Look, there's an awful lot of smoke and daggers. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. You know, there's always, are we going to take this player now? Are we, we're not, you know, who knows how it's going to pan out? And this is, might be another one of those. But it's not kind of a stick it to A-Rod. A-Rod's going downhill, so we draft someone to show him who's boss and all this other sort of narratives that I see out there. So, what else did Brian Gutekunst have to say? Um, he turned around and said that the offensive line looked good. That's going to pique your interest now in a second. And also, yes, the wide receiver class is very deep. Now, every year, and if you're a yearly listener to the podcast, because this thing has been going for years now, many, many episodes, even in the off-season. You know, we don't desert just lads, ladies. Um, so... I don't like the whole mock draft thing. Uh, it's ludicrous that it's still knocking around because ultimately what ends up happening is that someone drafts the dude you want to draft or, you know, some stories come out about a grisly past or whatever or a heart defect, um, injuries. Uh, someone runs really fast in a straight line and ends up darting up draft boards and then the media rolls with people and all of a sudden people chop and change. So all of this type of stuff of trying to pick the exact player in the exact place and I think I said this on last year's podcast is actually a draft mock draft from years ago where someone got you know five of them right or something and they still celebrate it today so it's a lot of balls basically so I don't like mock drafts but there's an awful lot of mock drafts that are starting to come out uh, that are kind of causing alarm let's say and that's what is a bit of a wide out freak out and it doesn't help that there was more pressers and one-to-ones and all this type of stuff that kind of fueled the drama, let's say. So the one that's kind of caught my attention that I'd like to talk about, and I'm a massive fan of the the website, is The Athletic. Um, and Matt Schneidman um, on The Athletic. Uh, he is a, a great journalist and also the lead singer of Rammstein. So that's always good. Um, so he brought out a second mock draft and he says that he's got his ear to the ground and he thinks that his actual words were ear to the ground and that we're going to take O-line in round one. Round two, defensive lineman. Round three, tight end. Round four, running back. And you go the whole way down and there's not a single wide receiver. So there was a bit of a freak out. And this, the, the first comment, which 84 likes, uh, I know, so much self-esteem. Uh, they're saying that a mock draft that doesn't address the wide receiver position at all. He likes the picks, but the exclusion of wide receiver and inside linebacker means that we expect multiple signings of free agents. And, you know, there's all these other people saying that they're shocked and appalled by it all. So Matt comes back and just says that he thinks that we're going to address in free agency, wide receiver and inside linebacker even if it's not the premier or premium name, these are not his words, um, that we're going to pick up someone there. He calls the inside linebacker on the cheap um, in free agency, and that's why he didn't go with them. And he thinks that if you don't go inside linebacker in round one, we're not going to go ILB at all. So maybe some credence to it, but he's not alone because the return of Matt LaFleur. And I know I said on the last podcast, and, and maybe it, was, it wasn't it was right of me to just allude to his looks. I mean, it's very subjective, objective, all this type of stuff. Whatever whatever you want to say, you know, his eyebrows might be on, quote, you know, quotes fleek, end quote. That's fine. 
well, maybe I shouldn't be objectifying him, you know, that's not fair. But one sort of main thing that did come out of the Matt LaFleur presser was he is still sexy. He's still sexy, lads. There's, ladies, there's nothing I can say about it, all right? If you get us a head coach, you know, that's well put together, there isn't a hair out of place, you know? Can't stop looking at his eyebrows on, the, on just, you know, from time to time they get lost in his eyes. That's all I'm saying, okay? That's, that's the number one takeaway. Number one. So Larry McCarran asks Matt LaFleur about the wide receiver position. I will not butcher it and I'll leave it to Larry to talk and Matt LaFleur to jump in, but this is what piqued my interest for sure. Welcome back. Joining us now, Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. And Matt, a whole bunch of experts out there say the Green Bay Packers need help at wide receiver. What does Matt LaFleur say about that? Well, I've got a lot of confidence in the guys that we have. Um, certainly, I think, you know, anytime you can add a playmaker, Sorry guys, couldn't help it. Got lost in the eyes in the sweater. I don't know, it's the navy sweater. It's pulled up to the neck. He's doing a good job. So he gets on anyway and says about the wide receivers that he's happy with who we have. Is he though? Um, so what I did was, is I wanted to ask two questions really. Do we have the talent of wide receiver? Um, do we have a history of drafting wide receivers that aren't high in the draft and getting purchased from them? And how do other people fare? when they draft wide receivers because is the freak out moment going to happen and I'd say undoubtedly it is if we don't draft a wide receiver in round one so I wanted to look at how other people fared when they drafted a receiver in round one so I've gone back from 2019 to 2016 and the findings are pretty interesting so 2019 and I went by yards as being the marker of the best wide receiver um, of course, people out there could argue it, right? You know, stats can be sort of twisted anyway. But to make it uniform, I went with whoever was the top wide receiver in yardage-wise um, because of all the stats of people touting whether you got over a 1,000 yards to what type of season you had. So the top wide receiver was drafted in the second round, and that was A.J. Brown. He had over a 1,000 yards. So get this. The number one, uh, the wide receivers drafted in the first round, uh, Marquise Brown was eight out of all wide receivers, out of an eligible 37. And then after him, the other wide receiver that was drafted in the first round was Enkeel Harry, who ended up 23rd. Now, what I found was in an awful lot of this stuff, um, injuries played a big part. So you can draft your wide receiver in the first round or whatever round. And what can end up happening is they get injured and never see the field. That's also a possibility. So, I mean, you can get your guy, nab him in the first, be delighted with yourself, and he never makes the squad um, he lands up on IR um, and there's her season gone but all of that aside I mean one of the guys that really stood out was Terry McLaren uh, second best wide receiver after AJ Brown he was drafted in the third round after him DK Metcalf ended the second uh, Debo Samuel in the second round as well in fact he was before uh, DK Metcalf in the draft ended up coming after him in the stats uh, Darius Slayton fifth round uh, Deontay Johnson third round uh, Hunter Renfro fifth round he's number seven and it's only when you get to number eight do you come across a first round pick everybody else is second sixth seventh sixth you know bc johnson um comes in at 14th and he was a seventh rounder scott miller comes in and he's a sixth rounder so that like 2019 kind of proves okay in your top 10 you've won first rounder everybody else is second third and fifth rounds which is pretty revealing 
go back to 2018 and this is where it sort of follows more of a trend uh, again going by whoever the receiver was who got the most yards that was Calvin Ridley drafted in the first round in fact he was drafted after DJ Moore and DJ Moore comes in number two last year and then after that second round second round fourth round fifth round who was our very own Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, and then an undrafted free agent in Robert Foster, and rounding out the top 10 is a second, a third, and second rounder. So it seems that every year, looking at last year, looking at the year before in 2018, you know, wide receivers that come out in the top 10 generally are second, third, fourth, fifth rounders. In this year, you know, it was, they hit on one, uh, two, in fact, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore. But after that, you know the trend is way open so if we don't draft a wide receiver in the first round it's not the end of the world now this is the draft 2018 that the Packers went wide receiver heavy in 2019 we only drafted Darius Shepard or undrafted free agent I believe and he came in 36th so not great uh, one reception for one yard go figure and then in 2018 this is where we went for Marcos Valdez Scantling he ends up 6th out of rookie wide receivers ESP Equinemius St. Brown, he ends up 12th, just outside the top 10, and he was a 6th round pick. And then Jamon Moore, 4th round pick, 38th out of all rookies. And then Alan Lazard, uh, 41st out of all wide receivers. Again, undrafted free agent. So let's keep on going back. We have two more years to go. 2017 wide receiver rookie rankings. It's very difficult to say. When you look at this, again, there was four, sorry, three receivers taken in the first round. John Ross... Uh, who had no receptions, uh, injuries. He ends up still 32nd, ahead of Isaac Whitney, probably by alphabetical order. First rounder, never sees the field. Uh, Mike Williams, uh, drafted in the first round, 7th. He ends up 16th. Corey Davis is 7th on the list. But if you go from the top, from Juju Smith-Schuster down, the rounds are 2nd, 3rd, undrafted free agent, which is Keenan Cole, uh, then third round, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, third round, Trent Taylor, fifth round. And it's only when you reach seventh on the list that you come across a first rounder. So then to round it off, we go back to 2016. There was four wide receivers drafted in the first round. Will Fuller comes in third. Corey Coleman comes in eighth. Josh Dotson comes in, Dotson, uh comes in 27th. And I know there was injuries there. And then Laquan Treadwell as well. So it's a, it's a similar issue. So again, you can draft high and be unfortunate with injuries. But wait till you hear the trend. Number one, Michael Thomas, second round. Sterling Shepard, second round. Then Will Fuller, who's a first rounder. Then second round. Then fifth round in, in Tyree Kill. Undrafted free agent, Robbie Anderson. Fifth round. Another first rounder. Then to round out the top 10, Malcolm Mitchell, fourth rounder. And undrafted free agent, Chester Rogers. I think it's quite clear that, and by the way, Geronimo Allison um, drafted this year, 2016, and he comes in 12th of rookie wide receivers. So, does it matter if you get drafted in the first round as a wideout? No. Stats show that if you're drafted in the second and later, you probably have a more successful career, certainly from a recent trend. Do the Packers, when they draft low, end up getting purchase? Well, yeah, potentially. I mean, you look at Geronimo Allison, he comes in 12th that year and did a couple of things after that. And then 2018, MVS, 6th on the list, ESB, 12th. Uh, Jamon Moore, you know, there was a lot tipped for it, just didn't work out. So, and then Alan Lazard ended up hitting stride then last year as opposed to 2018. So I guess it shows why the Packers 
are confident in what they have at wide receiver, they probably think they can get more from it. Looking at Alan Lazard, who excelled last year. So it just goes to show there's no need for a freak out if you don't draft in the first round. We're probably going to get a more successful receiver in the second and third anyway. And Gudekunst, according to what he was telling Larry McCarron was, is that they haven't even started to properly dig in to the wideouts yet. So, to be honest, to sort of go against any shocks, I would imagine that we don't draft a wide receiver in the first round. I think the value is probably there for the Packers, especially since they can pick up MVS in the fifth round, ESB in the sixth round, and end up getting a top 15 performance from both uh, in their rookie season. So maybe they feel, you know, we pick a guy up in the second, third round, happy days. So anyway, there's no need to have a wideout freak out, is what I'm saying. But anyway, that's a really quick sort of stat-based podcast. Um, stick with us here in the off-season. We're going to be doing our draft guide uh, because everything's starting to settle down now after the combine and draft. So we'll be able to sort of look at this stuff in a sobering light. There's a good few articles out there trying to pick the you know, the wood from the trees. Um, but what, by the time it all comes down to it, I'm a massive proponent and this is how the podcasts are going to be set up and we're going to have Andy Davies on the podcast um, who's, you know, big into drilling down into the game tape. He has, it's funny too, because Andy goes crazy. He has so many of these sleeper picks and by the time this area starts to come around, they all start to come out of the woodwork and people start to notice them even more. Um, so he does, you know, be shooting around names and stuff. And it's funny to see them start to bubble up the draft boards, uh, which goes to show Andy's pedigree in, in picking good uh, players as they, you know, sort of noteworthy ones to watch out for. But the way we do the podcast, if you're a new listener and from the stats that we see behind all these wide receiver stats and the actual podcast stats, we see that the podcast listenership has almost doubled um, over the last couple of episodes. The way we do it is, is we pick out the position groups that are of need. We pick out the free agents. We look into that market and pick out who we would think, you know, would be a good pick for Green Bay. And then also pick out the positional groups like wide receivers, O-line, uh, inside linebacker, and pick out the top 5, 10 to 15 players and talk about why we think they would be a good fit for Green Bay as opposed to, you know, just picking the, the most beastly player out there that we don't have a hope in hell of actually getting by the time they fall to us in the draft. That's how it's structured. But anyway, I've been at NFL. Follow the group at UK Packers. Get onto Facebook and get into the private group there as well. It's always good fun. And make sure you hit up the website, ukpackers.co.uk. You can hit up Instagram as well, of course, at UK Packers and myself at the Paddy Packer on Instagram there too. You can reach out to us at info at ukpackers.co.uk. And if you like what we do, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. And you can buy myself and Pete a nice cup of coffee between us. We'll huddle over in the corner of Starbucks, sucking away on our caramel lattes. But there you go. So, until next week, guys, girls, go pack, go. Talk to you then.